Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You're joining us here for episode 56. It's so great to see you again. Jim, it's great to see you again. I can't see our listeners, but in my mind, I see you, and I see you enjoying this episode. So, welcome. That was an intro. <laughs> welcome as well, yes. Yes, in Tom's mind, he sees you, and that can be taken terrible ways, but don't, please. Um, it's a PG podcast, so. Speaking of yeah. seeing you, I don't mean to jump off topic right from the start, but wouldn't it be Two Spot Monkeys Live without that? Absolutely. Did you, did you see the um, the individual um, at a rally around masking in schools? Uh, I think it was a school board meeting where he stripped down to his boxers. I, I read something very briefly about it, but I have not um, seen it, nor, nor do I know if I want to. Um, but I, I haven't read a lot about it. I just saw that something like that happened. Okay, yeah, just just the idea of like you know seeing you like they saw him, they saw more of him than they probably bargained for. But the idea, like his point was, you know, hey, we all have to live by rules. I have to wear clothes sometimes to to be safe and mitigate the spread of COVID nineteen and all of its variants. Well, you have to wear masks. So get on board. That's our PSA for the day, and now we're going to talk about wrestling. Right, common sense. The problem is not all that common. All right, so now if we haven't uh, turned you off with our uh, talk of stripping naked men, uh, let's talk about wrestling. Uh, <laughs> and if we've turned you on, you've turned into the wrong podcast. Right. You're going to want to Google something else, and we don't want to know about that. Please don't comment about that. All right. <laughs> the strangest two-minute open ever to Two Spot Monkeys. But, Tom, we got a couple things to talk about. So we had our episode earlier in the week, talked about SummerSlam. And uh, that guy, CM Punk. Um, I, okay, quick aside, we're not talking really AEW today, but hey, why not? Again, someday we'll get into the topics we planned. Um, quick aside, I, have, uh, I haven't I have seen all of AEW from this week yet. We talked about that before we clicked record. I have seen up through the Punk promo, and I, I did love his little wink and nod when the crowd stand, started chanting, yes, 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 um, to his, you know, do I still have it? Am I still best in the world? You know, can I still go questions? And when he said, you know, that's someone else's shtick and you might have to be just a little more patient. That was great. I mean, just the look on his face too, like really took that to the next level. So he looks like he is having so much fun two weeks. I mean, or not even two weeks in five days in or whatever in the world it was on Wednesday night. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it was weird for me because like the energy was 100% there, but he seemed taken. Taken aback is not the right term, but he just he didn't seem to have the same spark, in my opinion, on Wednesday that he had last Friday, and and that makes sense, you know. Um, I also, you know, was reflecting after watching it, going, you know, he's not done this for a while. Like even though he's got the gift uh, to 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 have that time and space on the mic, he was sharing the ring with Shivani, and you know that there was some things there, you know. We have to be mindful. Punk hasn't done this in seven years, so we have to give him a little bit of. Uh, maybe we don't. I'm going to give him a little bit of grace to uh, allow him to find his sea legs, Mike legs, whatever sure. they are. I, I still thought it was a good promo, though. I still thought it was. I agree. Was good, and um, you know his comment to Tony, like I can't hear you, Tony, because it's so loud with him chanting CM Punk. Uh, and I mean, hey, it's Milwaukee. He was. He wasn't far from Chicago. He trained in Milwaukee when he was doing his MMA stuff. So he has been in definitely CM Punk friendly locations the first couple of nights out. Um, and I don't think he's going to be on Rampage tonight. I don't. I haven't heard anything that he would be. Um, but that was taped to Milwaukee after Dynamite. So you know. And, we'll, and then next week is all Chicago, all Chicago. Oh, next week Dynamite's in Chicago, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Man, they have just. Chicago has become home base these last couple of weeks for for AEW, and I don't live in the Chicago area anymore. It's a sad day. Um, I was thinking about watching uh, Dynamite this week. Like, I could have gone to the first dance, and then I could have gone to Milwaukee, and then I could have gone to Dynamite and Rampage, and all. I probably couldn't have gone to all of them because I probably would have been broke. But um, hey, you only live once. What a time. Well, that's true. <laughs> But you I can't do want to live somewhere outside of a cardboard box. So, <laughs> <laughs> so say you think I went to when you go, but you're right. You do need to keep a roof over your head. <laughs> right. But uh, what a time. What a time. So, but 
anyways, AEW, not the point today. Let's talk NXT. We didn't get a chance to talk about TakeOver uh, on Tuesday when we released that episode. So uh, we wanted to go back a little bit in time. Crazy to think it wasn't even a week ago the TakeOver happened. It feels like a lot longer ago, which is, I don't know if you feel that way, Tom, but. Um, I do. I do. So you're not alone. Yeah, it doesn't feel. Uh, so we're recording Friday. Takeover was Sunday. Uh, it does not feel like that space of time has transpired. It feels like a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, a lot longer than five days. But um, the pre-show match, uh, they did a pre-show match, which is different for Takeover. They don't. Uh, well, sometimes they have, sometimes they haven't. It's a little, little haphazard. Um, but Ridge Holland, uh, who's recently returned and obviously is a, seems to be. Uh, a big part of what they're going to be doing moving forward uh, with him and the uh, Pete Dunn group. So he took on Trey Baxter, who, yeah, Trey Baxter. I like Trey Baxter, but once he got beat by Odyssey Jones, I'm, I just, I'm not sure Trey Baxter's got much of a future in this company. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I like him. Um, I, I still think Trey Baxter and Carmelo Hayes would have been the way to go in that, that breakout final. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, Trey Baxter got beat by Rich Holland, and it was like two minutes from what I read. I didn't see that match because Peacock, at least as of like Monday when I was watching this show in SummerSlam, had not put up the pre-shows for either one of them. They had put up the main shows, but they didn't have uh, the pre-shows either as a separate or as part of the show itself. So I didn't have a chance to see this, but it doesn't sound like I missed a whole lot. It was a pre-show match. Um, the show starts off uh, proper with the million dollar championship match. Do you want to run down the results and then talk about it, Tom? Is that? Yeah, that's just fine for sure. Uh, million dollar championship match, Cameron Grimes uh, over LA Knight to become the million dollar champion or retire the title, it seems perhaps. Um, but uh, anyways, to win the championship and then Ted DiBiase also does not become Knight's Butler and Cameron Grimes gets to win his freedom as well. So he wins that match. The women's title match, Raquel Gonzalez over Dakota Kai. The UK title match, and I think we're going to be talking about this for a little bit at some point here. What a match. Ilya Dragunov ends the 800-plus day reign of Walter uh, as the UK champion in a crazy good match. Then the three stages of hell. A little bit surprised this didn't close the show, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but we'll talk about that maybe here in a little bit, too. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly wins uh, the final two falls after losing the first fall. Uh, do I have that right? No, he won the first fall. He did win the and first then fall. Won the second fall, and then O'Reilly won the third fall. Sorry, uh, which is strange booking. And again, talk about that in a minute. But O'Reilly wins the ultimate finale, three stages of hell match, and then the NXT title match in carrying Cross's swan song to the NXT brand before he became a member of uh, Rent a Demolition on Raw. Carrying uh, Cross loses the title to Samoa Joe, who becomes the only three-time NXT champion in the history of the NXT title at this point. So uh, overall, uh, Tom, what did you think about the show? It was a good show. I, I enjoyed it. I liked watching it. Um, we both went 5-0 and on our picks, so I don't think there was a surprise in terms of the outcomes. Uh, one thing that you, that you didn't mention that was pretty newsworthy, I think, is Kaylee Ray came oh, yes. out after Raquel retained. And so Kaylee Ray from NXT UK, um, who I believe is the longest NXT UK women's champion uh, yes. in, their, in, that, in that title's history, has now come over to the US and appears to be setting herself up as uh, Raquel's, uh, I don't wanna say next, but potential uh, challenger down the, down the line. Uh, yeah, really, so this was a, Again, overall good, but I'm going to really say, like, to me, the the event peaked in the middle of the card. That UK title match was so amazing, in my opinion, uh, and so just just outside the norm of what we're probably used to seeing in the in the WWE. I mean, so go back to the the classic they had last fall in the UK. This was not the same. It actually took it up. Uh, on an entire another level. Plus, they had fans. That was pretty amazing. This is actually my third overall match for match of the year right now. That's where I slotted it after Sunday night. Uh, so I'm very high on it and very, um, very happy with what we saw. Um, 
where does where does Dragunov go next? It is is does he stay here? Does he does he live in both places? And how does that happen in COVID if that's what happens? Um, I would love for him to stay here, but it, but then 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 you're not getting a lot of UK like challengers per se. And then you don't have to just because it's the UK title doesn't mean people outside the UK can't be competitors for it. The big question for me is what happens for Walter and with Walter next. Uh, Gosh, you know he's you. We we know when we've talked about recently. There's this there's this mentality about big men in WWE. Well, Walter is a big man. Plus, he can work the crap out of a match. Um, so it would seem like Imperium could easily come to an end or be moved up to Raw or SmackDown again, the land of misfit toys. Sadly, uh, I would hate to see that happen because I think I'm a really big fan of Walter. I also have really always wished that Marcel Barthel uh, did more and got more. He just doesn't, hasn't. So, yeah, that's that. that that's that's that. I want to hear your thoughts on that match, and then I, maybe we'll talk about the final two matches as well. Yeah, no, a phenomenal match. Um, there's a lot. Of, there was always a lot of conversation when Walter first signed that he does not want to live in the U.S. Um, he wants to stay in Europe, and that's why he signed for the U.K. brand. Um, whether they can make a sweet enough deal to to get him to want to come over and, and stay here more permanently, I don't know. Um, I, for all practical purposes, Walter should be on the main roster, if he wants to live here, of course, because he's that good. I have this picture that popped into my head the minute you said Walter on the main roster of Walter wearing, like, the little beanie Englishman hat and some stupid gimmick. Like, that's immediately what popped in my head that Vince would do with this guy. Um, and turn him into a comedy character. I I wish I was wrong about that, but um, I don't think I really am. Uh, phenomenal match. Phenomenal match. Dragunov was the right guy, um, A, because of how good their first match was, but B, we've said a million times on this podcast that winning the title from Walter because of his 800-day run um, his dominant run, his really good matches along the way in his run. It wasn't just like he had an 800 day run. Yeah, it's a little skewed because of COVID, but whatever. It's it is what it is. You know, we can't we can't change that. Um, but the matches he had along the way were great. So whoever beat him needed to be somebody that w- it would help elevate for him to w- to do that. Which, granted, is most of the NXT UK roster. Nobody was on Walter's level um, from a star standpoint in the UK. Uh, and except Dragunov was getting there, I think, and I think this puts him over the top. And I think it'll be interesting, I agree with you, to see where does Dragunov go as far as challengers go. Neither you or I, I believe I'm right in saying this, Tom, neither you or I watch the UK product on any regular basis. Um, Just from a time standpoint, everything I hear about it is that it's great, and I really probably should try to find time to watch that and cut some other hour, like stop trying to watch parts of Raw um, and watch the UK show because it sounds like it would be a whole lot more enjoyable than what I catch from Raw, even though I don't watch that every week. Um, so, you know, we've got that going for it. But Dragunov was was awesome. Walter was awesome. That match was great. I would assume that's your, you said it was your third best match of the year on your match of the year list. I would assume that is the top WWE branded match on your correct. list. That's correct. Probably by a fair margin. Um I closed out the tab that had that on there, so I can't give you a good reference point. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, and and I think uh, I think our friend Rob was the one who said uh, right now, Dragunov and Walter has his. It was his match of the year for 2020, and it's his match of the year for 2021. And it's it's hard to argue. You know, you have it at three, but I think you you won't look sideways at somebody if they have it at one. Um, you know, it's it's that that good. So. I, great match. Um, some I, I heard on a podcast this week, somebody said it should have been on SummerSlam, but the host immediately, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, immediately shot that down said they'd have never been allowed to have that match on SummerSlam. So, you know, it, that's just a, a mute point. I mean, it's not a – it wouldn't have happened. So it would have been a four-minute nothing match, and Walter probably would have won, to be perfectly frank. Dragunov probably wouldn't have gotten the win. So, no, that was phenomenal. I'm so glad it got the takeover spot um, rather than just just the UK show. And I don't mean to say that, you know, poorly of the UK show, but they got way more eyes on Walter and Dragunov by having it on takeover. 
than they did they would have on the UK show, no matter how hard they would have pushed it. So great move by WWE. Well, let's talk about this three stages of hell match, Tom. Um, O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and uh, three falls, the, the standard wrestling match, the street fight, and then the steel cage. Uh, again, let you take the first shot here. What were your uh, what were your feelings? Well, so I, I probably owe this match a rewatch because I wasn't feeling it as it was happening. There was nothing wrong with it. I just think this issue for me had, had worn out its welcome. And I brought that vibe, that attitude to watching this match. And I was just, I think, more so ready for it to be done. And I also believed very strongly that O'Reilly was winning, which we were both right that that did happen. Um, man, gosh, Adam Cole is so good, but he definitely needs a boost of something else to rejuvenate, like to spice him up, just because it's not happening in NXT right now. You know, So regardless of how good you are in the ring, like if you don't have like the complimentary things around you to add to your package and your presentation, you you become less than, which is really unfortunate because it has nothing to do with your talent or your ability. It's just the total package. Um, so yeah, so I'm thrilled that we're moving on from this. I'm really eager to see where Adam Cole ends up. If that's not in WWE, it you know, gosh. It can't be anywhere else but AEW, in my opinion. Uh, and we talk about it all the time. There's only so much screens, uh, screen time in AEW. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's. You it's got sad. another big game coming in a couple of weeks, it seems. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's sad that the like the undisputed era finale, and this was called the undisputed finale, uh, kind of came down this way. It doesn't like minimize the value of Roderick Strong or Bobby Fish. It does on it does put the spotlight on arguably the two top guys. I, I think Roddy could get there if, if WWE really tried. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where it all fell out for me. And, and I'll agree with you too. You made it a really valid uh, statement earlier. This should have closed the show. And actually, I I am I think that if it had, I might have not. I can't guarantee I wouldn't have felt the same way and had a, had a little bit of apathy towards it, um, but I, but I might it might have been different if it had gotten the main event spot. And I actually I think maybe it suffered by following the UK title match. Yeah, and that's a really good point too. I mean it it had a really tough act to follow, um, which is an NXT problem. And I don't know if that's a problem per se. Um, Maybe it's a blessing and a curse for NXT that sometimes you're following hot match with hot match with hot match. Um, and somehow when all that happens, one of them is going to feel less than. Um, I, I, I was very much in the same spot as you, Tom. I, I probably need to rewatch it too because I just was like, okay, this is a thing that's happening. Um, I thought the booking of Kyle winning the first fall was a bit strange. Uh, usually the, you know, traditional 101, and, and not to say going against tradition is bad, but traditional 101 is the, the heel wins the first one and the uh, baby face has to win two to make it up. Not how it worked. Okay. Um, my other problem with this match, to be honest, uh, you know, I, there were parts of it I really liked. I thought it was, was pretty brutal. I thought it was pretty, you know, intense as far as their their work and their snugness and all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, I loved Adam Cole using the lockjaw at one point. Um, nice little shout out to his girlfriend over in AEW and, and perhaps an Easter egg of what's to come for him. Um, I don't know. People can read a lot into that. Um, apparently his contract does expire today on Friday. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Rampage is not live tonight. So anybody who's freaking out and thinking that Adam Cole is going to show up on Rampage tonight, spoiler alert. He does not. Um, haven't even read the spoilers, but I can tell you he's not there because he could not have appeared on that show on Wednesday uh, when it was taped. So he's not there. Uh, now, could he show up next Wednesday in Chicago? Could. Could he show up the following Sunday in Chicago? He could. Friday, Sunday, someday. Who knows? He certainly could because apparently contract is up this week. 
just <laughs> terrible timing on WWE's part um, to A, not know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, not know his contract was coming up and then look where it ends. I mean, a, like the week before All Out. Dumb. Um, just dumb. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was just there for, oh, oh, that was what I was going to say. The other thing that didn't click for me, I, I hated the finish to the cage match, to be perfectly honest with you. Handcuffing him to the ropes, fine, but then all of a sudden he just grabs the the ankle lock, knee bar kind of thing, and quickly, like, oh, he's got it in while he's handcuffed, tap out, boom, match is over. It felt too, like, I know sometimes WWE tries to do the, well, in the UFC, matches can end, you know, in an instant if you snatch something in or you or a knockout or whatever, and I get that. And that's true, and it works at some level in wrestling, but we're all not dumb. We all know wrestling is scripted, and we all know wrestling is laid out. So you can actually write out a better story than just, oh, caught him quick, whatever. And to me, if you catch somebody quick in a submission like that, that's part of an ongoing story, not the final culmination to a story. I just didn't feel like that ending was climactic to this feud that they've had for so long. That's a great point. Also, look at how Dragunov made Walter tap. And the aggression, Again, the aggression with which that choke was cinched in, you compare that back-to-back matches. There wasn't even time to breathe between, even though this match had multiple falls, they are they are on opposite planets in terms of how they looked and how they were delivered. Right. So that's and that's another like content continuity is the wrong terminology, but like if you're looking to build continuity in terms of the value of submissions, that's a continuity issue. And, and at first, I'll be honest, to go back to the Dragunov thing, and thank you, because I meant to bring that point up. At first, I when I was watching and loved the match, I didn't love how quick Walter tapped to that sleeper. But now, as I reflected on it a little bit more, I actually think that makes Dragunov stronger. Rather than just the age-old Walter passes out, you know, because Walter then can say he never tapped. Walter can't say that. We've never seen Walter tap. I don't know if I've ever seen Walter tap in any match, and I haven't seen every Walter match by any means. But that's pretty big for a guy dragging off size to make a guy Walter size tap that quickly. Um, once he once he finally really sink, sunk it in. Actually, at first I didn't like it, but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that made sense there. On the flip side, and I think the intensity probably is is part of it. That's a very good point, Tom. It it just looked to me like like a way Kyle was going to get away from. Oh, uh, from Cole just whooping his tail while he was handcuffed and then he was going to find a way to get out of the handcuffs and then all of a sudden Cole tapped and I was like it, it's over oh okay like it just didn't feel I felt you know it's the ultimate finale I guess I was expecting a really big final nail in the coffin for this situation and and it just I don't know didn't feel it that way for me so well, it's so compare this match to the Cole and Gargano blow off in, 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 they had they had the three levels of whatever. Um, so back, I, I, I have a couple of links pulled up. I think this is it. So bear with me for a second. I think this was Takeover Toronto. Um, Sounds right. Uh, gosh, I'm, I don't know if I can pull up the whole card. Uh, see, again, this this great this great prep team. Yeah, no, so take take over Toronto. It was. It was uh, August of 2019, so two years ago. What a world we lived in two years ago, Um, (laughs) pre-COVID. Cole and Gargano, two out of three falls for the NXT title. Singles, street fight, and barbed wire steel cage. Match goes nearly an hour. That match and those two guys, that it's, again, not the same match, Framework is the same. O'Reilly and Cole arguably should have better chemistry than Cole and Gargano. And they and, and, and their match was less than half. Um, so, again, it, it, when you're looking and saying, okay, apples to apples comparisons, this is probably the closest thing you can get. And they're not, they're not in the same, they're not in the same vein. Interestingly, so, in that match, too, I pulled it up here, but interestingly, in that match, um, Cole won the first and third falls too. So they kind of did the same uh babyface wins one and three. Is Cole babyface in that one? I don't think so. No, I don't think he was either. 
now that I, right after I said that, I was like, no, that's not right. Um, so forget that. Heel wins one and three. So heel winning one makes sense in that case. So everything I just said about them booking it the same way, out the window, edit team, take that out. Oh, wait, our edit team is our research team. Um, yeah, I, so so I liked it. Um, interesting, to, interesting to see where Kyle goes from here. Uh, interesting to see where Cole literally goes from here, uh, not just in storylines, but in, in employment uh, from here as well. We're going to come back around to Cole in a moment in that, in that kind of space. You made a really interesting point that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into, and we don't have to spend a lot of time here. Uh, however, you mentioned, you know, the challenge at times in NXT has been following like matches following each other. I feel like that, this match was hurt because of the UK title match here specifically. But generally speaking, the majority of the performance center or full sale no fan takeovers haven't had that same type of energy. And that goes back to a point I made a few weeks ago where I felt like NXT had to get out in front of a different audience. Now, granted, the audience was was high for this show in general. So kudos, and that was that was that that gave energy to the show that it desperately needed. Now, I don't know what we're going to get in the next four weeks. I'm guessing I'm guessing that by the time the Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis wedding, which is planned for September 14th, um, that they're actually kind of remodeling. I've read that they're, they're, they're doing a makeover on the CWC. Um, so like this past week's NXT is taped, and I think at least next week and perhaps the week after that, which would get us to the return to live on the 14th. They're gonna they're gonna spice up the atmosphere, and I, and and that goes back to the point I made. Um, so I kind of am making two points here. Number one, I feel like the energy and the 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 quality of matches maybe hasn't been less than, but it, but the way that they come across has been less than in the performance center, full sale no fan space, and. Let's hope that whatever they're doing to the CWC to freshen it up, a fresh paint of coat, as people would like to say, uh, does does wonders for it. But how, but again, the question is: is that a band aid or is it a long term solution? Yeah, I, I I don't know how I feel about the. I, I guess I have to see what they're going to do before I know how I'm going to feel about the the fresh paint of coat, as we as is said. But uh, I hope they don't do away with the black and gold because I think that's so synonymous. It's kind of like red with raw and blue with SmackDown. Like I don't I don't think they should do away with that. And I haven't heard that they are, but I don't. I hope they don't at least do that. If they want to brighten it up a little bit, give it less of the underground Fight Club vibe or something. Okay, fine, sure. Um, Excuse me. I think it's just going to be. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they do this moving forward. And and I agree. NXT as soon as they can get them back out on the road, um, which they never really did for for NXT TV, but at least they did for takeovers. I think that'll be a huge uh, plus, positive, 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 um, plus or positive or positive, as I could say, um, for them. Because I agree with you. I think the crowd has not always helped. It was good on Sunday night. The crowd was very good on Sunday night. So as much as we're saying they weren't, they haven't always helped Sunday night. They, they were not a problem Sunday night. Uh, so that's good. But, uh, you know, it's funny because you have these places, you know, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but you have these places in history, like the ECW arena, which had a lot of the same fans in the ECW arena every month, every week, every whatever, and it never really died down. Like it, it still kept the energy. Um, but sometimes that doesn't, sometimes it doesn't work too. And we're, we're in a different age, obviously, than we were in the late nineties as well. Maybe that plays into it too, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, uh, be interesting to see, uh, you know, <laughs> weddings always go so well in wrestling. So it'd be interesting to see what happens to Andy and Dexter on the 14th. Uh, coincidentally, just one day before my wedding anniversary. So, uh, good luck to Indy and Dexter. Mid-September has been good to us, so hope it is for them. Uh, something tells me it won't be, though. Uh, 
And unfortunately, we never did get the, just speaking of the Indy Dexter thing, we never got that mixed tag match that I suspected we would. Um, however, not unfortunately, because congratulations to Johnny and uh, Candace on their impending uh, new child, who is our first child who's coming. Uh, impending sounds like the wrong terminology to do. Yeah, after I said it, I didn't like the word. <laughs> Your impending doom of having a child. <laughs> <laughs> right. Their upcoming uh, blessing of having an, uh, their first child, um, which is very cool. Johnny and Candace have always seemed like just down-to-earth people, and I've, you've heard that before from people who've gotten to meet them in that um, or, or knew them back in the Ohio days and, and things like that. So kudos to Johnny and Candace. Uh, maybe we'll get that mixed tag down the road somewhere, but way, way more important things going on in their lives than a, than a mixed tag. I like that Candace has been kept it's be on trio, as much as she can. Trio's match. Trio's match. There you go. Indian yeah. Dexter, their child, and then... Uh, you got it. You, you, you were picking up the seeds I was laying down. I like that. You're going to see a, a little baby with a creepy mustache on and blonde hair. It'll be great. Um, who talks as much as Dexter does. Uh, you got to think at some point Dexter's going to get tired of Indy in her kind of annoying ways, but uh, maybe not. They're a match made in, well, I guess we're going to find out whether it's heaven or hell. Uh, that'd be interesting to see. And, and I hope once they come back live on the 14th, I, I really hope it is live most weeks because I think that hurts when they're taped. Um, I think it hurts the ratings. I just think it hurts the overall vibe. Uh, live has that what's going to happen next feeling. Taped has that, well, nothing really cool is going to happen or we would have heard about it by now um, feeling. So, you know, they, they have, I believe they have already taped next week and I think the week after. I haven't seen anything that's posted spoilers, but I haven't actively tried to seek them out either, but I haven't, you know, in scrolling PW Insider and Wrestling Inc. and some of the other sites that I, I scroll, um, I haven't seen links to those things either. Uh, maybe I've just missed them, but so maybe they're, uh, maybe they're being mad and throwing people out on Monday for spoilers for Tuesday night's episode actually worked. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Well, we closed out TakeOver with the NXT title match, a match that before it happened, I was super excited for. When it happened and how it happened, eh, eh, eh. I, I, I'm happy for Samoa Joe. And I know that, again, and they made it clear on commentary, he had not had a match since, I think, February of 2020. So that's a pretty significant 18 month, roughly 18 month layoff. Um, and I'm sure he's been doing workouts. And again, there was what two months ago when he got released, or four months ago when he got released, we're like, when is where's he gonna show up? And then we hear, oh, he's not cleared, and he's never gonna be cleared. And then oh, here he is cleared. So again, you never know what you you never know until you know it. And here we knew that Joe could go, but he's not the same Samoa Joe. And again, I'm sure much like what we'll be talking about when we talk about our AEW all-out picks and preview, the big question will be, can CM Punk still go? Again, I don't think that Joe doesn't have anything left in the tank, but I was not happy and I wasn't excited about Sunday. But I also think that that's not just Samoa Joe. That goes back to the point I've been very clear in making before. Karrion Cross needs the right opponent. Otherwise, he gets exposed pretty quickly. And see, I guess I thought Cross was all right in this. Um, I, you know, was it his best match ever? No, I think Balor probably pulled those out of him. Um, Karrion Cross to me is, I agree with you, he needs the right opponents. He's kind of right now, and I don't quite know why I feel why. Well, I know why I feel this, but okay. Prior to last Monday, and we can talk about that in a second. He was a whole lot of sizzle. Like I was super excited when they signed him. Thought they brought him in in a pretty interesting way, where he was kind of in the car and creeping around and all that stuff. Made made him look dominant right away. Then he got hurt. Um. And, and so he's been a lot of sizzle and not a whole lot of stake in that with that sizzle. Uh, and it, it's just never clicked. Then they bring him to Raw, and we've talked about before. They treat him like he's just anybody else or a nobody. 
um, at the same time. <laughs> now they, anybody, anybody else, and a nobody. <laughs> anybody else, and a nobody. Right, and 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 all at the same time, they've done that. Um, and and how they put him in this just horrendous costume um, with the helmet and the the red demolition, you know, chest strap things. Um, I don't know. Carrying Cross for me is just. There's so much, there was so much potential with him when he came in, and I don't know how much of it is Karrion Cross's fault and how much of it's WWE's fault that it just is. I don't know if it's salvageable, um, and, so, and it should be. Well, so let's park there for one second, only only because we you know, knowing what we know and what we saw on Monday, and I did not watch anything on Raw Monday with the exception of. Carrying Cross's entrance and his new attire, if attire is even the right terminology, yes. and then his match yeah. with Ricochet, which, again, like Ricochet, arguably is one of your most talented guys on your roster. I know you want to make Cross look strong, but you could have done some really good things with both of them, and you didn't. We were in and out in like ninety seconds. Let me back up though. If this is what you were going to do with Carrying Cross, what? In the actual crap, were you doing, and why did he need to be there in the month prior? He didn't. He did not. Like, if you're going to give us, I don't know, he looks like a freaking villain out of Star Wars or a Batman comic. Batman. I don't, He's got I don't a Bane know. vibe to me in that mask. Yeah, yeah, a little Bane, Bane vibe. I mean, like. Oh, it's so frustrating because because I'm with you. There's there's a lot of sizzle there, and there can be steak too. Also, like Scarlet is hot, and 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 that is someone who can help get him heat. Like, and I think like her being a distraction while him being a BA, but then maybe also being protective of her could be a fun character or story to tell. And you're and you're not doing it. Like she she's she's disappeared. She disappeared in NXT. Nowhere to be found on Sunday. So much so that the audience said, "Where is Scarlet?" And, and those are the things that I love about WWE. They do these things. They take Scarlet away. They fire Bray Wyatt. They do that, and then they're shocked when the crowd turns and starts, you know, chanting about them. And you're like, "Cause they paid attention." That's uh, it. Yes. Yeah. The broken record we play here. Do, they right. don't think we pay attention. We actually we do. We do, you got right. two. You got two guys right here, but you got a whole audience and a whole "quote unquote" universe that does, and that proves it time and time again because they chant stuff at you. Um, yeah, I don't. But to go to this match, let's let's maybe you know table carrying cross and and their just idiotic handling of him. Um, while they were doing that on Raw, I, I think they still kept him as strong as they could on NXT. Because they just, this is going to be the one time I'm going to give them a pass. They just pretended like that wasn't happening. Other than Joe made one comment the first week about, you know, you took your little field trip Monday night or whatever. Um, but it really didn't play into their story much. Um, which I think actually, for the first time I may ever say this, is smart that they pretended like something else on their programming wasn't happening. Because you still wanted to keep your champion strong because it's got to mean something when Joe beats him. Joe beating Karrion Cross in NXT, the way they had booked Karrion Cross in NXT, meant something. Joe beating Karrion Cross on Raw would mean absolutely nothing because he's already lost to Jeff Hardy and Keith Lee. And hey, Keith Lee gone back into the closet of you know misfit toys apparently. Um, yeah, so it, I, I'm okay. I guess that they did that. I, I thought the match was fine. Like I said, I you know, I think. Sometimes some of these matches, what suffered for me was just that I didn't have the what could happen vibe because I kind of felt like I knew what was going to happen and what I what I felt was going to happen happened. Um, sometimes I have the, oh, I know what's going to happen here and then the other thing happens thing vibe and you're like, well, okay, didn't see that coming. Uh, and that, that can be kind of fun, but they didn't do that here. So... Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of a reign does Joe have. Is it a shorter reign? I, I don't know who you flip it to if it is. Gargano, maybe. But again, I've seen Gargano enough times that, you know, I don't know. 
use Joe to build up some folks. If Pete Dunn's sticking around, keep elevating Pete Dunn. You um, mentioned you mentioned before we recorded, I believe, and maybe you said it here too, so I apologize if I'm not recalling accurately. You did not watch NXT, but you are aware of what happened? Correct. Although okay. feel free to remind me because sure. Well, so this is just this, this is this is no, this is title picture centric. So just to kind of tie this up, again, and then I have I so I have I kind of I'm gonna set that table, then I'm gonna ask your opinion, and then I also have one more thought kind of forecasting maybe the last quarter of the year for NXT. Um if we're if actually the last third of the year, because we got four months to go. All right, so on Tuesday. Joe comes to the ring and, you know, talked about how there's a lot of cold stares or cold handshakes and people are eyeing him now that he's got the title. And, you know, he's like, come on out. Whoever wants, you know, wants to lay state their claim. And I'm paraphrasing and probably using different wording, but you get the point. P Dunn comes out, which again, they had teased indirectly, you know, Samoa Joe and P Dunn when Joe was the authority figure. So that's great. And I'm on board. Sign me up. I think that, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Really, really, really good. From Pete Dunn, we go to LA Knight. Again, I don't have a problem with that. Um, Samoa Joe's a baby face. Dunn's a heel. LA Knight's a heel. But LA Knight doesn't try to come across as a heel. He kind of walks that, like, I'm too cool for school line a little Here, bit. Here's my issue with LA Knight. Two nights before, he got beat by Cameron Grimes. So if you lose to Cameron Grimes, why is your next thing that you think you get is a world title shot at Samoa Joe? I mean, um, WWE logic. I don't, right. Jim. I don't. I don't know. I can't. Again, hire me as a writer, WWE, and maybe I'll help give your product a, more of a more of a threshold. I wouldn't take the job. I mean, I just a, a dream, but also a nightmare. I, I think right. I said that Amen. before. And and then and then the last person that comes out is Kyle O'Reilly. And that again, I've been very clear in in the months, uh, almost for almost the better part of a year, that I saw Kyle O'Reilly as being the guy to dethrone Karrion Cross when he got the, the title back after his injury. Um, didn't didn't work out that way, and that's okay. I, I do still think Kyle O'Reilly is definitely a future mm. NXT champion. Agreed. And I think but, the only reason that didn't maybe happen was timing in that they needed to wrap up the Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole thing, and Cross was getting pulled to Raw maybe before they thought he would. I, it, yeah. Just my opinion. But No, no, that's a good point. It, but but here I am. So so those are the four guys in this segment. Um, and then Kyle actually got attacked. Um, by Holland, right? By Ridge Holland. Yeah, right. So um, it made me immediately go, gosh, is this the weakest the top of the title picture has ever been? And that's not a dig at like Kyle O'Reilly or Pete Dunn or Samoa Joe, but I just think like it didn't it didn't it didn't land with me or like it just gave me a feeling of like wow like how the mighty have fallen perhaps. So so my question to you in this space is, you know, within those three, um, or someone I didn't that someone that is not named, is there someone that you really would love to see Joe uh, face and defend the title? against Pete Dunn um because I think that would be a really strong match um I, it seems to me like they're trying to position Dunn and his group um to move them back up the card you know they kind of were a strong group right away and then you know unfortunately Danny Birch got hurt Rich Holland got hurt and so everybody kind of um well in fact Dunn I don't think was even involved with them when Holland was around uh before if I remember right Holland got hurt so quickly when he first debuted um, you know, so it seems to me like they're trying to establish them as a top heel group on NXT. Um, so that would make sense for Dunn to, to be that guy. Uh, it gives you the babyface heel thing. Although again, in NXT, like you said, it's a little bizarro land because the fans like who they like, whether they're, um, baby faces or heels. And I think they, I think their fan, I think the fans like Pete Dunn. Um, but they can they can get sympathy on Joe, you know, especially four on one. Um, so Dunn would be my first pick. O'Reilly would definitely be. I mean, I want to see that match at some point. O'Reilly and Joe. Uh, I just don't want to see O'Reilly lose to Joe right away. So, and I don't. 
you know, as much as I say, I'm not sure what kind of a champion Joe is going to be. I, you know, I don't want to see Joe be a one or two month champion. I, I usually don't like one or two month champions, especially in your world title divisions. Um, as a rule, I don't like that. So I'd like to see Joe get, you know, maybe to the end of the year, at least, um, maybe take over around rumble time. He loses it or, or something like that. But, uh, Done would be my number one pick. How about you? Okay. Um. I mean, I Kyle O'Reilly. I think mean, I'm I'm fanboy fanboy number one on this on this podcast for Kyle. But you might be a close second. Um. And since since there's only two of us, I guess that makes it uh, an oxymoron of a statement. Um. Anyhow. Uh. Yeah. I mean, LA Knight. I think I don't care about that, but I think that he could be a good like foil for Joe and have Joe get an easy defense. But again, it's like. Why did you bring in LA Knight earlier this year? This kind of for using him as kind of fodder, unless unless again the purpose is to bring people up because I think he did help elevate Cameron Grimes. Um, so a couple couple things you made a you made a good connection about the path I wanted us to follow without even knowing it. So I thank you for that. Um, That's what I do. I do things without knowing I'm doing. <laughs> so if we if if NXT is following last year's calendar or plan we are on deck for a takeover in october and then we will be on deck for war games in december it may or may not follow that that but that's what happened a year ago we had takeover 30 in august takeover 31 in october and war games in december war games is a good segue to jump back to you, your comment about Dunn and Lorkin and Birch, they were together. They actually were bonded in the Pat McAfee group. And again, things changed with Pat McAfee, obviously, where he moved on and became the SmackDown I, commentary. I just couldn't remember if Dunn had joined that group after Rich Holland got hurt. I think so. It, it, was, it was actually before, because if you recall, thinking back to last year at, at or right around War Games, Holland attacked... Adam Cole, if I'm not mistaken, was that when right, he attacked? Right, right after that, and then within weeks of that, that's when Holland had the had the gruesome Two knee injury. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's, again, that's, they're, they're they're bringing that group back around that foursome, but now the foursome is Ridge Holland, Pete Dunne, Lorkin, and Birch, which probably was going to be the foursome with McAfee probably being the the mouthpiece. Right. Um, and so the so the question goes: All right, so that's War Games one side. That's the heel side of War Games. Who opposes them? Probably a hodgepodge, which it often can be. Um, I could see Joe and O'Reilly being the top. I mean, O'Reilly got attacked here. You know, Joe, I'd see Joe and O'Reilly being the top two pieces of that. Um, MSK? I mean, MSK would make some sense. Grimes could make some, you know, you could find a way to get Grimes into that. Um, yeah, I think your other two, you got to, it's either going to be <laughs> that's going to be a really obvious statement. It's either going to be a tag team or two singles guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you have two openings in a match. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, at least I caught myself, but I still went ahead and said it. Um, I just thinking, you know, or okay, we got a little time between now and December. You build two other people. Could, could Odyssey Jones be one of those folks? Uh, yes, he lost in the breakout tournament finale. The guy who I had pegged to win it the whole time ends up winning it. And stupidly, I picked the other guy up in our fantasy wrestling league. So kudos to me for throwing like 10 points away. But that's what happens when you try to get in the head of Vince McMahon uh, and fail. So, you know, Odyssey Jones could be somebody they could build. Um, Carmelo Hayes could be somebody they could build, I suppose, to that level too. Um, so there could be people that we're not thinking of that just aren't aren't yet in the picture. Um, but of those who are in the picture, Grimes and someone or MSK tend to make the most sense to me. MSK feels a little forgotten right now to me, to be perfectly honest. Like, I don't know why, like I like when I see them, but I don't feel like they're, the tag team titles feel like they mean less right now than they have in a long time in NXT. And I don't quite understand why, but that's just where I'm at with MSK. Yeah, I'm with you. I understand. And it's weird because, again, there's so many things that you could do and takeover typically is just five matches. So while you probably could have been higher on them if they had had their match 
that was on takeover that pre or I'm sorry, NXT that preceded takeover, it wasn't. And so therefore it's out of sight, out of mind in a way. I think Rich Holland is I a future did, I did see that episode of take of uh, NXT as well. So because okay. I was traveling that week, I just decided nope, I wasn't gonna have time to get that in and see takeover. And if I was gonna pick, I was gonna watch takeover. So that, that probably is a very good valid point. I didn't see that match. Maybe I would be a little higher on them still. Yeah. Uh, and I like them as a team. So for sure. Well, I, my, my last comment on NXT was going to be, I think Ridge Holland is a future NXT champion. Um, I don't know how, how quickly. Yeah. I don't know how quickly we get there. It's probably a 2022 thing. Um, At least if, you're buying, if you're buying stock in someone, I think Ridge Holland is a guy, you know, and again, clearly I think they saw that a year ago and then injuries uh, yeah, different though, different than the injuries of carrying cross. So. Right. And, and, they brought Cross back in a way and made him. I mean, they put the belt right back on him, basically. But um, they brought Holland back right away and, and kept him important as soon as he came back too, which they don't always do from injury return. So, yeah. Well, this, well we have, this, uh, yeah. I'd say the last half of our conversation today is is going to be Ring of Honor centric, uh, and I know probably less we, than half, but yeah, yeah. We we have some we have some time constraints, so I'm going to quickly run down. Um, last weekend was. Glory by Honor, night one and night two on Friday and Saturday, coming to us from the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, here's the quick results. Night one, Silas Young over Ray Horace. Six-man mayhem with the winner getting a, sh uh, a ranking in the world title uh, rankings. Uh, Flamita wins that match. Uh, I'm not going to name everybody else in there. Uh, Vita Von Starr and Max the Impaler beat the Allure. EC3 beat Brian Johnson. Mark Briscoe beat Bateman. Uh, Jay Briscoe, which should be noted, uh, was not able to pass COVID protocols, whatever that means. Um, you know, and again, that's his personal health matter. But best wishes to Jay Briscoe and I'm sure the family. They got a big, a big brood over there on the Briscoe side on the chicken farm. <laughs> so health and safety for them. Um, Gresham defends the pure title over Rhett Titus. Uh, in a battle of the foundation, there was a street fight uh, where we saw Violence Unlimited defeat uh, LFI. Uh, and then the main event of night one was Bandito's first defense and a successful defense of his Ring of Honor world title over Jim's favorite wrestler, Flip Gordon. Night two. Never flip. <laughs> night two, uh, Dalton Castle over Danhausen. Pure Rules match, LSG over World Famous CB. Roxy and Miranda Alizé over Chelsea Green and Willow. Six-man tag title match, Shane Taylor Promotions defeated the Chakara trio uh, of incoherence of Delirious, Hellwicked, and Frightmare. Uh, Mark Briscoe, uh, to get booked, he had to find a partner, uh, and Brian Johnson wasn't booked, and he was pissed in the back of the, of the backstage area, so Mark chose Brian Johnson, and they opposed the original duo that was going to face Jay and Mark of Flip Gordon and Demonic Flamita, and they won. Uh, they may be doing an injury angle with Flip Gordon. Mark did hit the J-Driller on a chair on Flip. Um, I didn't think it looked bad, but maybe it was. Um, they are selling a, uh, an, an injury angle coming out of that. Uh, Foundation and another eight-man tag defeated Violence Unlimited. Uh, Lucha Rules, uh, Roosh and Dragon Lee uh, took on Bandito and Ray Oris and won. And then in the main event of Night 2, uh, Steel Cage match with Matt Taven's um, title shot that he had in his back pocket on the line uh vincent wins the feud and wins the title shot by defeating matt taven so that is night one and night two uh i made a comment on a board that we talk about we reference here all the time you know in a weekend of so many positive wrestling things and this there, there was positives here too you know i can think of 10 years ago 15 years ago on a weekend where you had wwe and insert promotion here we'll say TNA for lack of a better promotion and ring of honor. Oftentimes you wouldn't have found ring of honor being like the third most interesting thing, but that's how it felt last weekend for me, Jim, how about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, um, anchored by the fact that I've seen SummerSlam, I've seen takeover. I've seen much of night one of glory Bonner, but I haven't seen night two and I'm not sure when I'll get to it. I'd like to see it. I'd already known the results. So nothing we're talking about here is spoiling anything for me, but uh, yeah, I mean, it used to be, that would have been my number one thing to watch. Uh, now, granted, 
I probably wanted to see that a little bit more than some of what happened on SummerSlam, but I knew we'd be talking about SummerSlam because we'd made picks for SummerSlam. So that was a priority for me to watch partially for our podcast, but also um, just, you know, for in general too. Excuse me. And uh, so, yeah, I don't, uh, it, it is weird that it, it, it felt like an afterthought a little bit. These were TV tapings as well. So the nice part for me in that is that if I do finish watching these shows, um, other than here, well, the women's tournament's still going on, then for a few weeks, I won't have to really worry, worry about watching the TV show because I will have already seen everything. Uh, I don't love that they do it that way, that they show them live on Honor Club and then um, use them as the TV show as well, but it's what they're doing right now. And so, you know, that could be a whole other conversation that we don't have time to get into right now. Um, out of this, I'd say, obviously, to me anyways, the biggest surprise was Vincent winning the cage match. I, I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure we made picks on this on our on our Fantasy Wrestling League, not here for head-to-head. -head. I'm assuming you picked Matt Taven as well, Tom. I did, yes. Yeah, and, you know, Vincent getting a world title shot against Bandito – I mean, baby face heel, we were talking about that earlier with, with Joe, makes sense. Um, you know, Vincent, obviously a, a pretty strong heel. Um, and Bandito, obviously, you know, massively over baby face um, or, or massive baby face. I hope he's getting over. Uh, I think he is from the crowd reaction. So, so that makes sense on that level. But I just, Taven not winning that feud, I, Taven never won really anything in that feud, I feel like. Um, so kudos to him. You know, they've been friends for a long time outside of the ring. Um, I'm assuming they are still friends in real life, even though obviously the storyline is that they're not. Um, kudos to David for putting over his buddy if that's if that's how this all went down. But uh, interesting to see. I w I'm wondering where now each of them go after this feud that's been going on for like nine years, it feels like. Um which it hasn't been that long, but I mean, this feud's been such a long running feud that I think it's going to be very interesting to see where each of them go next and what, what happens from there. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's not been a feud that I've been incredibly invested in. I didn't watch night one um, after you made a comment, whether it was here or offline. Um, and I read someone else thinking about, I, it was just okay. It, night one was just okay. Like nothing was wrong with it, but it just was just okay. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not going out of your way to see. I said, all right. So in this week of where I have to, watch and plan to watch a lot of wrestling let me pick and choose my spots i also didn't watch raw this week at all outside of the carrying cross ricochet match um so again i am being very selective in in what i watch now granted there will be times where i don't have to have responsibilities but i do like i work and i have kids and i have a wife and i have a house and i have to make meals and do laundry and i'm gonna stop there um the list though continues uh i did though want to Turn that adult yeah, seriously. Why did I have to grow up? Um, which maybe I haven't grown up yet. That's <laughs> it's another story for another time. Uh, I did want to watch night two though. And I, and, and I am all the way to the main event for night two. So even though I know Vincent wins, I'm very interested to watch that match and interested in how they deliver in the cage match setting. And I appreciated the, the crowd, um, in Philadelphia, at least for night two, I didn't don't know how they responded or reacted on night one, but it was it was good for night two. A couple of things I want to pull out quickly. Um, again, I've been on the Shane Taylor promotions and Shane Taylor bandwagon for the longest time. I, I remain here. Uh, their match against Incoherence was really fun. Uh, not uh, something that when they announced it, I was like, okay, that's fun, but it, it sounds like an easy defense. It actually, was a really competitive match, and and everyone in the match. Um, did get a chance to shine. So whether Incoherence and any of those talents um, is back in Ring of Honor down the road or at Death Before Dishonor, which is also going to come to us from Philly, they, they've they earned, um, whether intentional or not, another opportunity to, to show what they have. Uh, and again, those guys have been with the sheltering or shuttering of Chikara, like not as active. So that that was fun to see. Uh, the Lucha rules tag was fantastic. I don't know if you're, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to give you some context, but did you also watch champions versus all-stars when they had that a few weeks back on TV? Yes. Okay. So you saw 
in that match that there was some, we'll call it collaboration between Dragon Lee and Bandito? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry, so, I'm starting to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. So, so, so even though they're they're rivals, or you can argue they're rivals and they're they're in you know, opposition of one another. They were a team at Champions versus All Stars because they were both champions. But then they also had like some synergy. They, they their opponents here in this match on night two, but they're they're you're the story is being told that there's a level of respect between the two of them, and Roosh is not happy with it. Um, so I don't know that these are the early cracks of LFI coming to dissolve um, or what we'll get, you know, again, I think anyone in the mother would want to see Dragon Lee challenge Bandito. Uh, both are champions right now. So I don't know that you want to run that match and go champion versus champion or title for title yet. Um, that's probably a 2022 thing if we were to get that far, whether we do or whether we don't, I don't really know. Um, but I like the, I like, I like, the, I like the developments that are going on there between Bandito and Dragon Lee in kind of like there's there seems to be more than just respect between the two of them. Like I think, you know, they called out specifically Ian Riccoboni um after the match, like, you know, translated and said, you know, Dragon Lee like told Bandito, hey, great match, good job. And again, you wouldn't expect that, right? From from rivals. Um, but there's more of a more of a, a friendly, um friendly is probably the wrong term, but a friendly rivalry brewing here between the two of them well and and if it is the first cracks in lfi i mean sign me up for roosh versus dragon Lee too like holy smokes that could be really really good um so that'd, that'd be fine with me. yeah actually in in the early stages of the match like roosh attacked bandito before the bell and like dragon lee like kind of took offense to it for lack of a better like way to describe it and like roosh grabbed dragon lee by the throat and like shoved him across the ring gotten very very physical and again they're brothers right so like right you know you know how that goes and uh and then and then and then they kind of hash it out verbally and then they give a big like bro hug and then they go on with the match and 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 have good you know chemistry as a team the rest of the way but that lucha rules made it a lot of fun uh and again i would say you know even having not seen that match yet on night two you definitely want to check out the six-man tag and the Lucha Wolves tag for sure. I will I will definitely do that and, and the cage match as well. Um, which I know you haven't seen yet, so it's hard for you to, to say that I should need to see that, but I, I think I need to see that. Um and so, so I should say too, and um, we've joked here many times about my uh disdain for Flip Gordon. If it's not an injury angle, if there was something more, you know, they've said on on their social media that he's dealing with memory loss. If he really is, I wish him nothing but the best in the end of recovery. Obviously, I've, you know, well, while I may not agree with Flip Gordon on some of his, uh, we'll say political stances, for lack of a better word, or just the way he's handled himself and in some of the things over the last year. Yeah, I don't wish ill will on anybody, whether I agree with them you know, about certain items or not. So if, if there is, if, it, if it's storyline, cool, fine, whatever. Um, and I, and I don't mean to sound like if it's storyline, then I hope he, you know, rots in hell. Um, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but if, if it's not storyline and there is actually an injury there, get better soon flip. Obviously, you know, my disdain for him as a wrestler does not go on to him as a human being. So um, not that I think anybody felt that way, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah, so so as we as we wrap up Ring of Honor and like at least Glory by Honor, anything else that jumps out that you wanted to note, Jim, from what you were able to see from night one or from uh, our takeaway from night two? Not not really. I think that uh, you know, I think they're clearly positioning Shane Taylor again um, in the in the mix, and I like that because um, I think they need they need to be doing more of that. Um, you know the faction warfare is is its thing, and it's it's going along fine. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a little annoying. Uh, there were some technical difficulties at the beginning of night one uh, for the first three matches. the The aspect ratio is just all weird. It's zoomed in, and it's it's weird. Um, and it's a little annoying when it's a major TV company that owns Ring of Honor that those kinds of things are happening. Um, hopefully, they get it fixed and can use those sh- those matches on TV. If not. If they can't get it fixed and it recorded that way, I, I wouldn't even use them to be honest. Just skip those. Don't show those three matches. And off the top of my head, I'd have to think about what those three were again. But uh, if you had storyline pieces in there that were important, find another way to tell them. Then, 
um because don't don't show it the way they are just show a clip of it where it doesn't look so bad or something um you know that being neither here nor there uh the women's title tournament continues too and uh roxy um moved on have you seen the the show from last week yeah roxy moves on and uh Miranda Alizé as well moves on, which then makes the fact that they won their tag match over Green and Willow make a lot of sense too. Um, Weird from a continuity standpoint for me um, was they were referring to the matches on TV that weekend as having not happened on a Saturday night show. I know Ring of Honor likes to promote the watch-alongs on Monday, but Monday is not the weekend. So don't say this weekend on Ring of Honor TV when you're promoting. You Say this week, not this weekend. yeah, so just that, the way their show lines up with their live shows is often really clunky. Yeah. Um, continuity, yeah. continuity-wise, I, I was not a fan. Right, and I don't know how you best do that because it just is clunky when you pre-tape, but there's got to be a better way. Maybe just don't talk about it. I don't know. Um, maybe just say there is the ongoing women's title tournament or something like that. Um, I, I do think this weekend show, which I won't see until – Monday, most likely, which is my norm right now. Uh, I'm interested to see the Angelina Love and Max the Impaler match uh, to see what they do with that because Max could go all the way to the finals. I could see that happening. Um, or does Angelina find a way find a way to get past Max? Um, that match actually has me intrigued, and I'm not a big Angelina Love fan, but I'm just curious booking wise what they do with this match. So. That has me interested this week for sure, and I think Allison Kay's second round match maybe is this week as well. Yeah, um, against someone. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a good match too. Like it's a good match on paper, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank as well. Trisha so. Dora, Trisha Dora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trisha Dora. Yep. And I am looking forward to that. I knew I was looking forward to it, but I was just drawing a blank on Trisha's name. Uh, there it is, Allison Kay and Trisha Dora. So that'll be fun. Uh, those those are two. I think interesting to see where they go with those because again, in the Angelina Trish match, uh, or not Angelina, in the Allison K Trish match, I could see either one of those two ladies making it to the finals as well. So interesting to see. I'm enjoying the tournament. So anything else you want to add, Tom? I know we got to wrap up here because uh, I'm the one today with some time constraints. Yeah, no, I mean, so so all, all eyes are now shifting with Ring of Honor to Death of Fort Honor, which will be in September. Uh, and that actually will be our, our pick that follows all out. So as we set the table for the next few weeks of, of content here on Two Spot Monkeys Live, you know, I think we're planning on coming back next week. I said, I think, I know we're planning on coming back next week, whether we we're do come back or not. That's always, <laughs> that's always the story, right? right. Uh, ne- ne- next week is slated to be the all out pick and preview, which again, we've been, uh, you know, if you could dress me up head to toe in AEW gear, I'd show up for this podcast just like that. Hey, Carlson Tees, you want to sponsor us? That's your plug. Uh, and then the week that follows that will be uh, Death Before Dishonor, which that start that card is starting to develop. Uh, interestingly, very interestingly, there are some matches. There are some matches that I like on on paper, and I'll we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. And there's some matches that I like on paper, but I don't understand why they're on pay per view. Um, but anyways, well, as that fleshes out, we'll. We'll talk more about that. You and I talked a little bit before we hit record about that, but uh, we'll save that. Uh, there's a teaser for you for a couple of weeks from now, but next week, all all out, all, all out, um, probably will be, unless anything major happens in the WWE world we'll, that we'll touch on, but most of our focus next week will be on all out, which will be fun because, again, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've been loving AEW lately, so looking forward to that conversation. Always enjoy this conversation with you, Tom. Tom, you have a great day, and... Uh, Everyone who's listening, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, review wherever you download us, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Everybody stay safe. Have a good one.